Welcome to the Authentic Church Podcast with Jeff and Fawn Peterson in Orange County, California, where our mission is simply to love God, love people, and live authentic. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com. Thank you for listening. One of the things that I love about our church is how, how welcoming our church is. If you're, if you're newer to Authentic Church, I, I hope you have the most amazing experience connecting with God and, and connecting with people. We're passionate about the presence of God, uh, even despite some of the technology challenges that we face in today's day and age. Uh, we're passionate about the presence of God. And uh, our, our mission at Authentic Church is that we would have a church that would love God, would love people, and live authentic. We believe that if you do those three things well— that Jesus is so absolutely irresistible, he said, I'll build my church. He didn't tell you to build the church or me to build the church. He told me and you to be sons and daughters of God, walk in the anointing and the calling and gifting that God has on our life, and to go be the hands and feet out in the community. He said, if you do those things, I'm pretty good at what I do as building. I'm a carpenter by trade. He said, I'll build my church, right? And God's building his church. And I love how welcoming Jesus is. Uh, there, was, there was a, a story about a woman, uh, that her and her husband, uh, they were together 30 years, and then they ended up, and their marriage ended in a horrific divorce, and the woman ends up uh, passing away, and she, she goes to heaven before her ex-husband. And she comes to the pearly gates of heaven, and St. Peter's there, and this is a joke, by the way. Somebody's going, who is it? She comes to the pearly gates of heaven, there's St. Peter, and she's so excited, and he says, you only have to do one thing to get into heaven. She's like, what is that? She's like, he said, you have to spell the word love. She said, that's it? He said, yeah. So she says, okay, L-O-V-E. He goes, you're in. So she comes in, she's all excited. He goes, hey, I have a quick meeting. Can you just stand the post here? And uh, anybody that comes up, you just ask them the same thing I asked you. She goes, okay, just ask them to spell that word. She go, he goes, yeah, just all they gotta do is spell one word, that's it. She goes, okay. So he leaves. Well, lo and behold, her ex-husband <laughs> comes walking up to the pearly gates or fluttering up, whatever he did, you know. And she, he's like, you're here. She's like, you're here? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what are you doing? She said, well, St. Peter told me I need to man the pearly gates. She, he's like, okay, what do I do need, need to do to get in? She goes, honey, you only have to do one thing. He goes, okay, what's that? She said, you just have to spell one word. He's like, okay, what, you know, what word? She said, Czechoslovakia. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like that woman. Everybody comes into Authentic Church, okay? Everybody's welcome to come in to Authentic Church. We're, uh, we're starting, uh, thanks for laughing, by the way. It's, it's always lame when you're a communicator and you're like leading something and you tell a joke and it's like, Meow. We're going to start a new series today titled Legacy. Legacy. And uh, this will be part one of a, of a three-series and uh, really, it's tapping into the heartbeat of God for you and the legacy that you have and the legacy that God has on this house. And we're going to be talking about the giftings and talents that you have and what God is going to do through you because we want to live a life that leaves a legacy. You know, you're going to leave a legacy no matter what. You might as well make it good, right? Right? Everybody leaves a legacy to some degree. Everybody leaves a thumbprint, a fingerprint on somebody in life. You might as well make it a good one. And so our heartbeat, our desire as a church is that we would really tap into the legacy that God has for us, all, that he has for all of us today. And you know, one of the things I love about God 
man, when I was a far way off, when I was down the road, he was looking for me. Anybody else feel that way? Everybody else know that story? And, and even when I walked away, he was faithful. When I cursed his name, he showed me love. And he was there. And, and then he did the, the craziest thing. He sent a bunch of crazy Christians like you guys across my path. So anywhere I, when I was running away from God, walking away, it's like every single person had a Bible verse for me. Every single person was some crazy Christian. And I'm like, man, Lord, what are you doing? And he just kept putting people in front of me and everything. And you may be sitting here today and you're like, that's me, brother. That's me. I know what it's like. The first time I walked into a church um, like this, I was 20 years old. I was a single dad, and, uh, and it was not immaculate conception, although my parents wished that was a story probably. Um, it was a really difficult time. There was some sin that I had in my life that suddenly was on display for everybody to see. But I made a choice. I didn't want to be a deadbeat dad. I wanted to be in my daughter's life. And so here I am walking into church with this little baby in my arms, feeling way out of place. Y'all freaked me out. I walked in, and you guys are raising Jesus and raising your hands and shouting and singing loud. I grew up Catholic, all right? That was just plain weird, okay? You don't love Jesus. You just love Jesus in your heart. Can you just keep him in your heart, please, because you're freaking the rest of us out? Like, that's what it was like growing up, <laughs> growing up Catholic, right? And, and I came in, and, and I encountered God, and I encountered people that love me no matter what. They challenged me. Just because somebody loves you doesn't mean that they just agree with everything that you think is awesome in your life. You might be living a lifestyle that's totally opposite from the will of God. If somebody loves you, they're going to pull you away before you fall off that cliff, okay? And I had a church that surrounded me, man. They surrounded me with love, and they encouraged me. They took me under the wing, and they would give me opportunities for ministry and foster the giftings and callings on my life. And, and I was just texting the other day with one of my pastors and uh, just saying thank you. Thank you for investing into me. Thank you for investing into Fawn and I. I'm like, I'm blown away at where my life is and, and the trajectory that God had for me and how he changed. And I have a new legacy because of those people. You have a new legacy because of somebody in your life. You have a legacy and a destiny, a calling and a purpose. You were created on purpose for a purpose. You weren't, weren't, you weren't some cosmic happy accident, okay? There is a purpose to your life. God has got a destiny, a plan on your life. And maybe you're sitting in here, you're like, man, I, I don't know that I really feel that. <laughs> I don't know that I believe that story, Jeff. I want to. I'm going to declare something over your life. You are a mighty child of God. You are filled and blessed with his Holy Spirit. He's got a plan, a purpose, and a destiny on your life. You're going to have a legacy, Amen. I mean, the fact that some of you are sitting in this building, I, that's a miracle right there. I mean, you know, like, you're sitting here going, it's a miracle that I'm sitting here today. He's planting you in this house. And the beautiful thing that God is doing right now is he seems to be gathering people. I see it all over the place. I was uh, at a, a round table with a bunch of pastors this week, and, and there were some pretty influential pastors that were in the room. I was definitely the low man on the totem pole, if you know what I mean. And so I came walking in there, and there's uh, about 20 uh, individuals. There's about 11 of the most influential pastors in, in America and de definitely here in California that are standing strong, fighting the good fight for freedom and, uh, and defying uh, what would be cultural norms uh, to continue to meet and encourage people to do so and, and uh, standing, song for, standing strong for the freedoms and the liberties that we've been able to hold true. And uh, it was awesome. And also in that room was a bunch of attorneys. Um, and I actually really liked them. Uh, they, were, they were good guys. 
and, and they said, hey, if you ever have an issue, here's my card. We will take care of it for free. I said, thank you, Jesus. I will keep your card. And so, and they were gathering together, and one of the reasons that they gathered is they said, hey, there's some challenges that's facing the church three years from now that we see coming. We don't want to wait till it's too late, right? In the Bible, in the Old Testament, there's, there's the, the, the men of uh, Issachar, and, and they, it said that they, they knew the signs of the times. They could, they could tell the seasons, what was happening. The men in the room are those kind of people. And, uh, and so they gathered together, and they were talking, and, and some of them have plans in terms of actually purchasing legit, purchasing their own satellite and having technology so that we could continue to have freedom of speech, uh, which is probably one of the next big things under attack, even more so than it is already. Some of the men that were in the room actually had their books removed from Amazon because it was, uh, it w- it was against uh, their guidelines, apparently, of some of the things that was said in it, things that that you and I would believe if you read and believe the Bible. And so we're starting to see that happen. And so these people banded together and they said, hey, let's get together and let's, let's kind of create a think tank, if you will. And we're going to take some of the best ideas and we're going to write a playbook for pastors and churches and leaders to help them navigate these times. And so uh, it, was, it was awesome. It was beautiful. I was really honored to be there for confidentiality's sake. We all agreed that we're, we're not going to name names. Um, but there's some pretty influential people in that room. And I got to tell you, after walking out of there, I am so excited about the future of the church. He's do, God is doing something so, yeah. And by the way, the church was not man's idea. It wasn't a pastor's idea. It wasn't a priest's idea, okay? The, that, it wasn't the pope's idea. The church was actually Jesus' idea. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, the ecclesia. I'm going to build my church. And actually he used the term ecclesia that actually is a governmental term about calling out. So if you, if you live during the days of Jesus and you heard the term ecclesia, you heard the term church, you knew what that meant. It's when the men and the leaders of the community would gather together to conduct governmental business. Okay? I'm telling you, we're going to conduct governmental business here at Authentic Church right across the parking lot from the government center in Costa Mesa. There's governmental business, and God is restoring things, and he's also shaking up some things. And so I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited about what's, and I'm even excited about what I see happening in California, which I know some of you are like, oh, I barely made it here today. I'm going to claw my eyes out, you know. Get off the news, okay? There's just pro tip for you. If you want to live sane, probably turn off the news for a little bit, okay? All right, so we're going to jump into this, this, se- this series on legacy. And um, when I was thinking about this this week, the words of my pastor, Pastor Dave Patterson, whom my wife and I will be with him and his wife for a couple days um, uh, here Monday and Tuesday of this week, he has this saying that he says all the time. He says, life is short, eternity is real, and people matter most. So live your life in, in view of eternity. Life is short. Eternity is real. Like it's real. People matter most. I just want to ask you a hard question today. I'm just going to come out right out of the gate swinging. Where do you believe you'll go when you die? For some in the room, you're saying, I'm going to heaven. Okay, why do you believe that? That's my follow-up question is why do you believe that? If you don't know why you believe that and you can't point to something in Scripture, you have a homework assignment today, okay? (laughs) Why do you believe what you believe? 
Somebody say, I, I believe I closed my eyes and, and that's it. Okay, why do you believe that? Some would say, uh, I believe that you know, when I die, I'm gonna be reincarnated as a bug or uh, some animal. That's probably gonna affect how you eat today. <laughs> okay. I'm, eating, I'm eating steak. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm gonna have some sort of meat when I watch my Seahawks beat the Packers today. So I'm gonna have... <laughs> How you answer that question, whatever your answer is, that, that, that does affect how you live. It should affect how we live. It should affect how we live. If I really believe that there's a heaven, then that also means as a Christ follower, I know there's a hell. Some people say, oh, everybody goes to heaven. If they did, if that was true, then why did Jesus come and die on a cross? That seems like a really bad thing to do, bad idea, right? All roads do not lead to heaven. That's, that's a lie. That's a lie. Jesus said, I am the way. Not one of the ways. I'm not like, you could take that exit or mine. That's not Jesus. That's not what he, he said. I'm the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. You don't get to God except through him. And so having that, having that knowledge, what you believe is critical. But why do you believe what you believe? You could say, maybe you're sitting here you're like, man, Jeff, I feel really uncomfortable with that question right now. It's okay, my goal is to make everybody feel uncomfortable because I believe in equality, okay? So, so everybody, including me, I want to be uncomfortable before the Lord because when I'm uncomfortable, I'm growing, right? I don't go, you don't go to the weight room like my buddy Jason who's just got muscles on muscles and you, you don't just go to the weight room one time and not feel it, right? You wanna go, you wanna feel that stretch. When you feel that stretch, it means you're growing. So we're growing today, all right? So what do you believe? What do you really believe? Legacy. There's legacies to remember. There's also legacies we want to forget. Maybe you had a father figure that wasn't the best or a mother that wasn't the best. Maybe, uh, maybe it's somebody in your life that you want to forget that left an imprint on you, a coach, a friend, somebody that betrayed you. Maybe like that woman and the guy and the joke at the beginning at the pearly gates, you want to forget your ex, right? You know? There's certain imprints that people leave on you. You want to have a legacy that lasts for good or one for not so good. There's a legacy that Mother Teresa had we love, right? We celebrate it. There's a legacy that Hitler had, and we don't ever want to see that again. There's a legacy that Martin Luther King Jr. had, and we don't want to see the legacy that was left for the man that shot him. We want to leave a legacy. We want to pass the baton well to the next generation. So legacy defined, let me give you just two uh, sentences here that defines legacy well. What we invest in and build with our lives that will be passed on to others. That's legacy. Legacy is what we invest in and what we build with our lives that will be passed on to others. Legacy is the imprint and the impact of our lives that will outlive us. Outlive us. Legacy isn't just something that we leave behind. Legacy is actually something that we live out. Uh, one of the legacies that we have in our family that we want to have is we want to have memory-making moments. It only takes a moment to make a memory with your kids, so make them well. And so I took my boys at the last second on Friday. Um, I was like, man, I want to get out of town and do something. My wife is like taking over our house for all you ladies that went to the gather night. Was that awesome? Yeah, I was not there. So I, uh, I heard it was great. And so I decided to take my boys just camping for the night. 
And I'm like, man, where am I going to go at the last second like this? Like, you know, this camping in California, you like got to plan like two years in advance, right? You know, it's like you go online and it's like you got to beat the other guy. It's like 8 o'clock, it's 8 one, it's 8 If you don't have a campsite six months out, dude, you're host. And so I'm sitting there kind of wondering what I'm going to do. And my buddy Jason McBurney, uh, who's in the room, Jason tells me, he's like, hey, I got an idea. He calls up this campsite. He goes, hey, do you guys have any open spots or a cancellation? They said, we have one spot available. We just had a cancellation. He's like, I'll take it. He hands me the phone, and I'm putting in my credit card details to some stranger. I'm hoping he called the right number, you know. And, uh, and we went in and had the night, you know. That's part of the legacy that we want to have as a family. Every, every month, our family, we do an adventure day where it's just get out of town, just go out for the day. The kids can eat whatever they want. There's only one rule, right? What's the rule? No devices, no devices, no devices. <laughs> you know? So we get out of town, and we just go have an adventure day. Those are legacy pieces. Well, there's legacy pieces all throughout the Bible as well. There's a spiritual heritage that's been stored up for you and for me, and we get to be partakers of that. And, you know, three times a year it's talked about in the Bible that the children of Israel, the men of Israel, three times a year, they would come together and they would present an offering to the Lord. So three times a year, all the men would get together and they would present an offering to the Lord. And it was a cool moment. If you were a young man that was coming of age, it was like, hey, son, this is the year you actually get to come with dad. We're going to Jerusalem. They're like, what in the world? And you get together and you'd be able to go to the city of David with your dad and your, your grandpa and your uncles and your cousins that were of age. And you would go three times a year and you would camp out. And you would go to Israel and you would present an offering to the Lord. This is in Deuteronomy 16-ish. And uh, Deuteronomy 16, Leviticus, some different places there. Where it talked about the three times that they would come together. And the three offerings that they would have. The first one was the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Which coincides with Passover. Passover wasn't the feast. A lot of people think it was. It's the Feast of Unleavened Bread. Passover coincides with that. And then, uh, then they would have the Feast of Weeks, which we know as Pentecost. Come on, my Pentecostal friends. And then in the fall time, then there was another feast, and that was Sukkot. That was, that was the Feast of Tabernacles, right? And so they would do that three times a year. And it said that every one of them would present something to the Lord. It's the practice of authentic church to do likewise. So three times a year as a church, we have a special offering. Uh, as Nicole shared briefly, obviously people give all throughout the week and all throughout the month uh, with their tithes and their offerings. But three times a year, we're going to have special offerings. So our first offering, for those of you that have been with us on this journey now uh, for a while, our first offering always goes to Israel. So the first check that we ever write as a, as a church, the first expense that we ever have, is not an ex- we, we do an investment, we write it, we sow a seed into Israel. We have ministries that we're connected with over there, and that's the first check that leaves this house every single, every single year. And I believe that's one of the reasons this house is blessed the way that it is. And so that's the first one. And then the springtime, we have a heart for the house offering. And that goes to some things that are going on and, and believing for in the springtime. And, and this year we did a house for, heart for the house offering and it opened up some finances for us to be able to gather at this beautiful spot here in Needham Chapel, which I think we'd all agree has been awesome, right? And then, and then the third offering that we do is uh, our legacy offering. So every year, about Christmas time, we're going to do a legacy offering. And you were given, when you walked in here today, you were given a little flyer. And it just has some different lanes of legacy, okay? Um, and and I, all I want you to do is just pray, ask the Holy Spirit, hey, Holy Spirit, 
what would you have me give into what? And then whatever he tells you, do. There's no arm twisting. There's no manipulation. I've been around people like that. I can't stand that. I want to spit them out of my mouth. And I think the Lord does too. <laughs> but there's Lang's legacy there. And, you know, my wife and I, we've, we've always felt it an honor not necessarily feeling like God needed something from us, but he actually wanted to get something to us. But the giving of the gift was what unlocked the blessings that we walked in. Some of you have heard some of our kind of wild stories and journey of faith, and we've given away, I don't know how many cars we've given away through the years. Um, we've given some away, uh, even, even just a few years ago to our friends sitting in the front row today, uh, years ago. And, uh, and we've given a few away just as the Lord leaded, would lead us, because we just wanted to live open-handedly. That's part of the legacy that we want to have in the Peterson family and in this church. We want to be a church that lives open-handed. And so we had given cars away. In some seasons, we were a one-car family, praise God, and I was riding the bus. And I'm thinking, man, I just gave my car away, and I'm riding the bus, you know. Lord, it's going to be okay, right? And so, uh, and, and then we had other seasons where we had two cars, and, and we moved here on faith, on a word from the Lord. We moved from Texas to California, that's got to be God, okay, if you're going to do that trip, you know, when, when we moved and we got our U-Haul, they practically paid me just to reposition the thing to, to California because of all the Californians that were leaving, you know, I think we're the only people that moved from Texas to California in the last year, but we moved from Texas to California to plant the church, and when we did, my wife, before we're going, uh, right at the tail end, we're getting preparations made, and she says, babe, I feel like God's telling us to sell your car. I'm like, my Audi A6 that's paid for, that I worked really, really, really hard for? You mean that the dream car that's sitting in our driveway, that car? <laughs> that's the devil. <laughs> that's not God. <laughs> Why don't you get rid of your car? <laughs> and, you know, Fawn is so sweet. You know, she looks at me, I just feel that that's the Lord. I think you should just go pray about it. We'll be married 20 years this coming spring, and I gotta tell you. <laughs> yeah. My wife, the Holy Spirit and my wife, their voices sound a lot alike, a lot alike. It's a real bummer sometimes. So we got rid of the car, and we moved here, and we've been living for the last two years just as a one-car family, and grabbing rides when I could or Ubering when I had to or riding my bike, right? You know, so if I showed up to a meeting with you all sweaty, it's because I rode my bike to get there, okay? But I was training for a triathlon for a few months so, or, you know, six weeks, so it actually worked out okay, you know? And so, and then last week, somebody out of the blue knew that we were a one-car family, said, hey, I got a car I want to bless you with. I'm like, that's awesome. Praise God. And then I go and uh, pick up the car. He was going to give me a Nissan Altima, which was a great car, awesome car. When you don't have no wheels and somebody gives you four, hallelujah, all right, you're happy. And so I'm, I'm all excited. So Friday comes around. I'm going to pick up my car, my new Nissan Altima. It's used, but it's new to me. And so I'm getting ready to drive up to go pick it up up in Simi Valley, and I'm all excited, and I text him. I said, hey, man, I'm on my way. Just wanted to see where I'm, where I'm going. Am I going to your office or your house? And and he says, oh, man, sorry, uh, I, I'm, you're not going to have the, the Nissan Altima. I can't give you the car. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Praise God, you know. I'm like, can I get a break, Lord, you know. My Uber bill is through the roof, <laughs> you know. He said, actually, I'm going to give you my car. 
and it's a nice car. So he blessed me with a car. And that's just the way God is. You know, it's like, you know, you give up what you think, man, this is everything, right? And then the Lord just pours out something and goes, I got you. Now, it was like almost two years down the road, right? And for me, I'm like, Lord, you, 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 you may never be late, but you're rarely early, man. You're rarely, you're rarely early. You're ne- you may not be late, but brother, can we just be early one time to dinner, okay? Can we be one time early on a miracle, please? Why does it got to be the bottom of the ninth base is loaded? I'm down by a thousand runs, right? Why does it got to be like that, Lord? You know, and he's like, I'm stretching your faith, you know, and it's just like, oh my God, I can't do this. So three times a year, we're going to do an offering, and all I'm asking, just pray and ask the Holy Spirit what he would have you give towards in some different lanes of generosity. You know, Jesus said in John 17, verse 4, he said, I brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus had to work to complete. And as a Christ follower, I'm telling you, so do you. You have a work to complete. There's some gifting, talent, resource that you have that God's placed in your hands that isn't just for you. There's a gifting, a call on your life. There's certain things that he innately put inside of you that he's going to use for his glory and to the building up of his people in his church. Acts 13, 36 says this. It says, now when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. But he served God's purpose. So when he had served it, it's basically he served his purpose and then he died. Okay, that's the Jeff paraphrase version, okay? So in Acts, so it said he served his purpose and then he passed away. And the story of David passing the baton on to Solomon is actually a beautiful story. And we're going to jump down to 1 Chronicles 28, 1 Chronicles 28, verse 9 through 11. So if you have your Bibles, you can turn there. And I'm just going to give you just a few key points as we start this legacy series that we're going to be talking about for the next several weeks. 1 Chronicles 28, so the backstory: David calls all the people together and he's basically passing the baton to his son Solomon. And he says this, he says, you my son Solomon, know the God of your father. He's given him this charge. I want you to know the God of your father. Serve him with wholehearted devotion and with a willing mind. He goes on to say, there we go, for the Lord searches every heart and understands every desire and every thought. <laughs> Pause. And he still loves you anyway. <laughs> he searches your heart and he knows every thought, everything you've done. And guess what? And he loves you anyway. All right? If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. You were created on purpose for a purpose. I'm going to give you four components of living a legacy before we close out today. Number one, the first component as we see from David to Solomon, number one is no God. No God. There's no in the Greek, which many, many of you know is gnosko. It's, it's to know intimately. The Hebrew word is yada. Looks like yada, 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 yada. Yada. And it means to know by experience. You have an experiential knowledge of God. To make oneself known. To be acquainted with. To be intimate. You have a close, intimate relationship with God. David's saying, Solomon, I want you to know him. Because what what Solomon didn't realize was David was about to give Solomon the plans for the temple. David didn't build the temple. Solomon did. David couldn't build the temple because of how much blood he had shed. God said, no, I can't do it through you, but I can do it through your son Solomon. 
And so David had time with the Lord, and the Lord gave him a download of all uh, the ways that the temple was to be built. And he was about to pass this over to Solomon on this quote-unquote coronation day. So to know God, he said, I want you to really know him. I don't want you just to know about him. I want you to know him, like experience him. It's not just like a, that, that word know here, it's not a head knowledge. It's not like I, I know enough verses or I understand certain things about God or I've read the Bible. Um, I've met different people here that are theology uh, majors uh, at Vanguard University. And, and to everybody that's a theology major, my, my biggest piece of advice that I tell them is share the gospel every single week. Now, that's good advice, period, but especially for a theology major, because when you're knee-deep in doctrine and theology, sometimes you can get so smart you're stupid. And I'm speaking, you know, not you, bro. I'm talking about me. Because you can get so headstrong in your knowledge that you forget that knowledge builds up, right? Or pu knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. And so if you don't have the love of God to help build people up, all you're going to do is just be like the state puff marshmallow man with all your crazy, awesome, cool facts, and you ain't led nobody to Jesus or baptized or discipled anybody, and you get to the end of your life, and you look back, and you're filled with regret. That's not going to happen on my watch in this church, amen? The second area, he says, know God, and then he says the second thing. He said, serve him, avad, serve, to serve, to work, and it means actually even to worship. He's telling him, Solomon, I want you to know God, but man, I also, I want you to serve him. And it said David served the purposes of God in his generation. We're going to serve the purposes of God in our generation. We're going to serve the purposes of God in this house, in this church. David says, Solomon, I want you to know him and I want you to serve him. Son, know, know him, yes, but man, worship him. Serve him. Do the work. Next week we're going to jump into the next chapter of Scripture and just to kind of give you a little foreshadowing of what's going on there. David basically hands him the keys to the kingdom and then in front of everybody, he tells all the people, he says, hey, my son Jonathan's not experienced. He lacks experience. He's youthful, so he's going to need your help. <laughs> I'm so grateful that God doesn't pick the person that knows the most, <laughs> okay? A lot of times God just says, hey, you're willing, I'll make you able. I'll make you, uh, you're willing, you say yes, oh man, I can work with that. I can work with a yes all day long. God's just looking for your yes. So know him, serve him. And the third one, the third one he says, hey, I want you to seek him. Darash, seek him. To seek means to frequent, to pursue, get this, to create a well-worn path. What would your like what would your life be like if you created a well-worn path in prayer? What if you created a well-worn path in your worship to him? What if you created a well-worn path in reading the word of God and spending time in his presence? Can we commit to creating a well-worn path with God? A well-worn path. A well-worn path speaks of legacy because if it's well-worn, you ain't the only one that can make it through that path. You blaze the trail for other people. The well-worn path is seen when it's our children that start walking in the blessings of God. The well-worn path wasn't just mom or dad getting a rhema today. The well-worn path says, hey kids, what do you think today? The well-worn path says, Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me today? What's the well-worn path? What's that well-worn path? 
Some of you, I feel just to camp out on this for a second, some of you feel like, man, I, I feel a little bit lost. I don't really know how to find my way. Go look at somebody else's well-worn path. Follow another Christian, their well-worn path. Follow your pastor's well-worn path. Follow a leader who has a well-worn path. In business, if you run your own business, you follow somebody that's got a well-worn path. Somebody that's gone before you, right? Why? Because you ain't that smart and you don't want to make the same stupid mistakes that they made, right? Wisdom is being able to stand on their shoulders and be like, hey, I didn't have to go through what you went through. Praise God. Where's the well-worn path in your life? Is it a well-worn path that goes right to reading texts and Instagram in the morning? I'm not looking at anybody. I'm just, I'm just saying, is that the well-worn path? First thing you do, who's doing what? What's going on? Is your well-worn path to all the political junk that's going on? Is that the most well-worn path? What's your well-worn path? Let's be a people that has a well-worn path into the presence of God. Amen? Amen. All right, know him, serve him, seek him. And part of seeking him, too, I want to share with you, next week we're going to have baptisms. And if you're here and you're feeling like, man, the Lord's, he's knocking on your heart to get baptized, I want you to come ready. Even if you're not ready next week and you just show up to church, man, I, I would dunk you anyway, all right? Uh, we've had people get baptized in their clothes. Uh, we had somebody a month ago, he's like, hey, I have really nice jeans, so he put a towel around his waist, kept his jeans, took his jeans off so he was in his boxers and we baptized him with the towel around his waist, all right, you know. However you come, the Lord's just saying come. If you need to make a, a, a faith declaration and say, I'm making a choice to live for God for the rest of my days, I'm gonna be baptized. Every believer that did anything great for the kingdom of heaven was baptized. I don't know any leader, any pastor, anybody that's doing anything that's actually noteworthy, legacy worthy, that was not baptized. And so I want to encourage you, if you're sitting here today and the Holy Spirit's telling you, he's talking to you, answer that call. He knocks on the door of your heart. You're going to answer. Baptism's next week. Little plug. And the fourth thing David said, so he said, know him, serve him, seek him. And then lastly, he said, consider now. Consider now. Consider this. Consider. What, what has God called you to consider? What's God called our church to consider? What's, what's something he's saying? Consider now. Consider now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong. Do the work. I know sometimes it's going to be tough. That's why David told Solomon, hey, son, it's going to be difficult sometimes. And not everybody's going to love you. Not every, everybody thinks you're awesome right now. Wait till you take the throne. They're going to come at you, man. I want to encourage you. Be strong. Do the work. Consider now. Consider now means to look upon to discern, distinguish, and have vision for. What's the vision? What's something that God's calling you to consider? What's that thing? What is it that he's calling you to consider? You know, on that, that handout, um, one of the areas of the lanes of legacy uh, that we've mapped out there is generations. And there was a, a poll done, and I think that statistic's in there, but there was a poll done by Barna Research Group, which is one of the leading research organizations in the, in the world, and they actually are based right in Camarillo, and, um, uh, uh, up, up near Thousand Oaks area. And Barna Research Group found that 94% of all adults came to Christ before the age of 18. 94%. 
I saw an article this week that this, the rise of the millennials, that 30% of them are struggling with identity in the form of uh, the whole movement for homosexuality and, and you can be all things and love everybody and everything. And, and there's this gender confusion that's going on and, and 30% of the millennials would say that they're struggling with that, that they would identify that way. And I'm not here to condemn anybody, neither is Jesus. He wouldn't condemn somebody in that. I'm saying we, we, we have a, a charge to us as a church. We have a charge to the believers to stand up for the things of God, to be able to model what an identity in Christ really looks like. I love that our young people uh, were taken through a whole series on identity that, that Gabby and Zeke took our young people through on Wednesday nights, all on identity. I mean, good night. Uh, would anybody want to be a young person right now? Would you rather be a young person now or would you rather go back in time and be a young person when you were young? I'd go back in time. Riding my bike, gone in the morning, back late at night when the streetlights came on, right? That was, that was the rule of thumb when we grew up. Can't do that no more. I wouldn't want to go to school nowadays. It was hard enough when I went to school, all right? You know? Our young people need us. They need you. Maybe God would have you give towards that as a legacy lane. Maybe God would have you serve in a, in a capacity of teaching our young people in our kids' ministry classes. Uh, we have a need for more trained-up teachers that are Bible-based, spirit-empowered, presence-driven teachers. We love the teachers we have, but there's some young people in here today because we didn't have enough teachers to teach, and so they're in the room with us today. So if you have that gifting on your life, I want to encourage you. Maybe God's calling you out. He's calling out that significance in you, that calling out that training that's been in you, and he's telling you to use that gifting for his glory. Amen. What is your legacy? Life is short. Eternity is real. And people matter most. Can we just say that? Life is short. Eternity is real. And people matter most. Judges chapter 2 um, it records a, a sad statement. It says that there grew up a generation that did not know the Lord. A generation, a whole generation that did not know the Lord. They didn't know the Lord, and they didn't know, they, weren't, they didn't remember what he did for them. One of the reasons we have such a challenge right now in our country is because we have a generation that's been raised up, they don't know the Lord, and they don't know what he did for this country when it was founded. You go back to D.C. and Boston and some of the areas that I've been in, you see the miraculous hand of God on a nation that's only been around for 245 years to have the prosperity and the blessings that we have. There's no way that that should have happened. The only reason it happened was because of God. And every moment that our country drifts from that realization, we become to get not just morally bankrupt, but financially bankrupt as well. There is a need. There is a need. We are committed at this church to passing the spiritual baton to the next generation. I'm going to have the band join me up front as we close out today. Consider now. Consider your life. Consider this moment. You may be here and you're like, man, Jeff, I, I love the whole generosity thing. And um, I really want to take, I want to be more generous. I'm, I'm struggling with where I'm at financially. Dude, I've been there. I've been there. I remember putting a diaper on my son River when he was a kid, ducking from creditors that were going to repo my car, and I went and, and filled up my gas tank, and when I put that last diaper on him when he was just a baby, the thought went through my head, I just overdrew my checking account trying to fill up my car. 
remember grabbing my wife's hand. We kept believing. We kept standing on the Word of God. And you know what? People came around us. People loved on us. If you're in a a situation and you say, man, I I could use some help, you can email the church. We actually have, did you know that our church has a benevolence fund? We actually have a benevolence fund. And last year, as a small church plant, just getting going in this thing, right? We were able to bless families with over $15,000 of resources last year. That's awesome. God did that. He did it through you. And you, and you, and you, and you, and you. When we stand alone, we can only do so much. But man, we come together, we are an army to be reckoned with. And God is building his house, and he's raising up an army for a great and glorious end-time harvest and an outpouring of the Holy Spirit unlike we've ever seen. We're going to end today with the time of communion. And if you're here and you're just saying, man, you know what? This is great, Jeff, awesome. But you're wrestling with some stuff. You're like, I, I want to know God. I, I've never really served him, but I'm ready to. I've never really sought him, but I want to. I've never really considered how amazing it is that I'm even physically here. I've never really considered that, that I am actually a miracle. That before I was formed in my mother's womb, I never even had the thought, man, God had a plan and a purpose and a destiny on my life. I never thought that I'd consider this. Today is for you. We sang that song earlier. All this is for you. All this is for you, Jesus. One of the best ways that we serve God is we serve each other. We're going to take communion today. If you're a person of faith, I want to encourage you to recommit your heart to Him. Recommit this week to knowing Him. Lord, I feel like I know you, but I really want to know you intimately. I feel like I've been served. Lord, show me areas to serve you, to serve your people. I feel like I've been seeking God. Holy Spirit, teach me how to seek the Lord. And as you do, He's going to give you visions. He's going to give you downloads. He's going to give you things to consider. He's going to drop ideas in your heart that you never even realized. As you know Him more, you're going to get forgiveness. You know Him more, you're going to get freedom. You know Him more, you're going to get breakthrough. You know Him more, you're going to be blessed. Your marriage is going to be blessed. Your children, you're going to have wisdom from on high as to how to parent those kids. He's going to download things to you as you get to know Him more. So as the band just plays and we just kind of have kind of a quiet moment of worship, we're going to open up the front. We have communion on both sides here. Uh, If you were raised like me Catholic, it's a little bit different than the Catholic Church. I will not be serving you communion today. (laughs) We used to take one wafer and then the priest would hold the cup that we would all drink out of. Okay, We're not not doing that today. That doesn't fly anymore, I don't think. Uh, But we have these and there's just the wafer on top and that represents the body of Jesus that was broken and then the blood that was shed. So if you would like to take communion today, you can just come up front and get that and then we're, I'm going to lead us all. We're going to do communion today in a special way. We're all going to take communion at the same time. So if you'd like to join us in communion, holy communion today, just come up and grab the elements. For more information on Authentic Church, visit us online at AuthenticOC.com.